Hello, and welcome back to the podcast. I have an important one for you today, and if you can hear little sounds of chirping, I will try my best to remove it, but I am outside, figured it could bring some ambiance while I record this, because my family dog, my parents' dog, Packer, she is a little clingy and struggles to be separated. So I'm sitting with her as I record this, and this is a really important episode. I'm excited to be bringing it to you, and I realized that I needed to share this information after one of the reels that I created went somewhat viral on TikTok, not in the true, you know, millions of views sense, but it got about, so far, it's gotten about 50 or 60,000 views, lots of comments, um, a lot of misinterpretations on both Instagram and TikTok about the information I was sharing, science-based information when it comes to exercise and calories burned. And a lot of people perceived, not a lot, some people perceived the message when I shared four different things that we believe burn a lot of extra calories, that, but actually don't. So resistance training, in the video I shared, burns three to 500 for a serious strength training workout on average. And while that certainly is a decent amount, it's not as much as many activity trackers or classes like to claim that they burn. So oftentimes we'll hear in a spin class, a thousand calories, or I worked with a lot of women at my last corporate job who would say, well, I'm going to CrossFit and I burned 800 calories in my CrossFit class. In the back of my mind, I was like, no, you didn't. So that is the reason why it's important to be knowledgeable and aware of these types of things. It's not at all to say that exercise is not important. And that's what some people were claiming or perceiving that I was sharing in that video was, okay, well, if you're not burning a lot of calories, then you just shouldn't exercise. In no way, shape or form did I say that, nor do I believe that. And if you're at all familiar with my work, you know, that's not the case. So in this podcast episode today, I wanted to be very clear about my stance and reasons that you should be resistance training. There is a lot of movement right now when it comes to resistance training for women that's solely focused on aesthetics. And that's fine. That's completely fine. I do think there's a very short shelf life if someone's sole goal when it comes to exercise is physique-based or aesthetic-based. It's often the motivator to get people into the gym, which is completely fine. But in terms of having longevity, really anchoring into something deeper is very important. This is also why I'm not necessarily a proponent of people just saying, you should just do what you enjoy. Yes, I do believe that movement is better than no movement, but I also believe that we're all adults and we can handle the facts that this type of exercise versus another is going to be more beneficial for these reasons, and then at least you're making an informed decision. You can encapsulate my entire ethos when it comes to food, fitness, and body. It is, I am pro-informed consent. I don't care what you choose to do. I care that you have the right information and that you treat yourself well along the way. So if you listen to this podcast episode and at the end you say, okay, I understand all these benefits of resistance training, but I'm still going to choose not to do it, then that's completely fine. You are a sovereign adult human being. You can choose to do whatever you please with your own life and with your own body. But my hope is that at the end of this, you might consider 
wow, there are so many benefits to my well-being. If I am to engage in resistance training two to three times a week, that's something that I may want to consider doing. Now, how does that play out in my life? There have been many times over the last couple of years as I've navigated health issues, navigated weight gain, and just generally not feeling very motivated to train where I have not wanted to lift. I was doing CrossFit for about five years and then encountered many health issues and was having a lot of issues with connecting with my body, understanding my body. It was kind of like I was starting from scratch in that way. And I didn't want to resistance train, but I did to a different degree, certainly not CrossFit level and not even what I'm doing now. I modified, but I still engaged in resistance training because I felt for me, it was a respectful thing for me to do. I dialed the intensity way, way down. I was not aiming to build muscle. I was not aiming to really push myself and go to personal bests or get PRs in my lifts. I was simply focusing on, I need to really reap the health benefits. This is the kindest thing I can do for my body in this moment is to dial back the intensity, still make sure that I'm working my joints, my ligaments, building my bone density, making sure that I am improving my insulin sensitivity, all these things that I will be sharing with you in the podcast. So that's kind of a prelude, a prelude, however you say that word, to all the information that I'm going to be sharing with you today. So without further ado, reasons to resistance train. There is a 23% reduction in all-cause mortality in those who resistance train two to three times per week. When it comes to resistance training, I want you to think of what is providing resistance against my joints, my ligaments, and my muscles. So body weight can absolutely be a form of resistance training up to a certain point. When that is no longer challenging to you up to a reasonable amount of repetitions, let's say you get up to 15 squats, body weight squats, and that was challenging to you at a certain point. Eventually, your body is going to adapt. That's no longer going to be challenging. Then you want to start to challenge your body more. So then it might be time to add weights into the equation. And if you're someone who loves to do yoga and mat Pilates, let's say, that's fine. Consider adding an additional resistance training exercise to that. And someone I, I find really interesting who's been a big advocate of the, the very light weight exercises, Gwyneth Paltrow, which most of us know, she really advocated for the Tracy Anderson method, which is kind of like a, a dancer where you're, you're dancing and doing kind of, I would say Pilates movements, mat Pilates, maybe doing two pound weights and some, some movements. And she said that her doctor has now recommended that she has to do resistance training for her bone density. So that's just an example of those things can feel good, but when it comes to factoring in the health and well-being of your body, not just your mind, then combining some of these things, it doesn't have to be all or nothing, might be a really great idea for you. So 23% reduction in all-cause mortality, that is massive. So that in and of itself, if I just said, okay, this is the only statistic you need to hear, 23% reduction in all-cause mortality in those who resistance stream two to three times per week, that would be enough buy-in for me might not be enough for you. So let's continue. Lowered blood pressure in those who are hypertensive. With those who engage in both resistance training and endurance training, 
having the greatest improvements. So yes, cardio is still something that we should be focusing on. And that is a whole different topic. I don't want to get into that today. But just know that engaging in resistance training and endurance training is really beneficial on your blood pressure if you are hypertensive. Slightly better than medications. Hallelujah. It lowers both systolic and diastolic numbers with a greater impact on systolic numbers. Okay, so lowered blood pressure in those who are hypertensive. That's incredible. Bone density. It improves or increases your bone density, protects against osteoporosis. This one is very important to me because I went without my menstrual cycle for two years when I went off of birth control because the reason I originally went on it was because I was so low carb in high school that I lost my period. So we never got to the root cause. When I went off of it, I really needed to gain my body's trust back in order to get my period back. And all the doctors I went to during that time, they were very focused on my bone density due to low estrogen. So as women, it's very important, especially as we're aging, we want to make sure we're keeping our bones as strong as possible. Improved mobility. If you have ever gotten into a deep squat, and this is something I see all the time whenever I've traveled to Southeast Asia, which has been three times now, their mobility is incredible. The eldest members of their society can get into a beautiful astagrass squat. No problem. And that's one of the great benefits of resistance training is you're getting the full range of motion with these movements. And that is improving your mobility simply by way of taking these movements into full range of motion. Improved coordination and balance. If you've ever tried to do back squats or front squats or deadlifts or lunges or split squats, doing bench presses, anything with weights, you're going to have to be really focused on your coordination and your balance. Immunity. There's some research that was done on mice that suggests that increased T cell function aids in immunity as well, but this needs to be studied in humans, so we can't say that conclusively, right? But it's still interesting. And regular movement is important, but note that being in an aggressive deficit and or intense and prolonged exercise can lead to impaired immune function. So I do want to highlight that, that there's a balance with immunity when it comes to exercise. There's still research coming out on exactly how resistance training ties into our immune system and our immunity. So regular movement is important. We do know that. But we also know that taking things to extreme provides a lot of stress on the body, which lowers our immunity. And I ran into this quite a bit during my CrossFit days when I was doing CrossFit gosh, four to five times a week, particularly when I was training for a, what was called a turkey challenge over Thanksgiving. I was also doing really intense for me training sessions later in the evenings on top of building this business and working my full-time job, corporate job. And I got sick quite a bit during that time because it was too much stress, too much stress. So Keep that in mind. It can improve our immune function. Beautiful. Having muscle mass reduces chronic inflammation and subsequent diseases. So it is inherently anti-inflammatory 
when we look at it over the long term, again, balance here, if you're someone who's competing in CrossFit and you're training like that, that will be acutely inflammatory. And even if you're just going into the gym, stressing your muscles, making yourself really sore, you're breaking down your muscle tissue and then it is rebuilding. That is an inflammatory process. So this whole narrative that everything needs to be anti-inflammatory and inflammation is bad is not true. Chronic is damaging. Acute is very beneficial. Muscle mass also improves insulin sensitivity. That is a massive one. If you're struggling with your carb tolerance or perhaps blood sugar issues, consider that having not just doing resistance training, but gaining muscle improves insulin sensitivity. Muscle mass also protects against metabolic deterioration with age. So those with fewer than two risk factors are considered metabolically healthy. These risk factors include elevated blood pressure, triglyceride levels, glucose readings, insulin resistance, and decreased HDL cholesterol levels. So muscle mass protects against metabolic deterioration with age. That is incredible. So the last three that I mentioned, muscle mass reduces chronic inflammation, muscle mass improves insulin sensitivity, muscle mass protects against metabolic deterioration with age. These all focus on actually having muscle, not just engaging in resistance training. So having muscle mass provides these health benefits. Now let's get into mental health. Being metabolically unhealthy increases the risk of depression. Engaging in resistance training has been shown to improve self-esteem, stress management, confidence, and can aid with PMS symptoms. So we're looking at both the positive and the negatives there. We can eliminate or reduce the chances of the risk of depression, reducing the risk of depression, and we can increase self-esteem, stress management, confidence, and improve PMS symptoms. Mental health is a huge, huge bonus here. Now let's get into aesthetics because let's be real, we are human and you know that I'm all about aesthetics being allowed to be part of the equation. It's okay to care about how you look. We are humans. Everyone cares about how they look to some extent. It's just where it is on the hierarchy. So aesthetically, more muscle means decreased body fat percentage at the same body weight. So essentially you are leaner and you also look leaner. This means let's say you hold your weight steady at 170 pounds. But you notice that once you start resistance training, let's say you're eating at around maintenance calories, you have a beautiful intuitive relationship with food, eating when you're hungry, stopping with your full, and you're focusing on a healthy lifestyle, everything I advocate for. You start to resistance train. You're focused on progressive overload, doing that two to three times a week, really pushing yourself in the gym. You notice when you step on the scale that you still weigh 170, but you're noticing that your jeans are looser, particularly in the waist. This means that you are in fact leaner. You know that you have gained muscle and lost body fat. That makes you look tighter often. It builds shape. When your weight is equal and you're building muscle, you will be a smaller and tighter version of your shape, which for many women, not all, is the preference. So if those align with your aesthetic goals, then great. This is something you'll also want to engage in. As I mentioned in that reel, in that TikTok video, 
serious strength training workouts burn around three to 500 calories. This is not nothing. This is not a thousand calories. This is not 700 calories, but it's not nothing. Three to 500 calories. If you're engaging in resistance training in a hard, typically around 45 minutes to an hour workout, that's going to add up over time. And it also improves your insulin sensitivity, right? Which is going to allow you to likely attenuate your hunger and fullness cues better. Your blood sugar will be more stable. You'll be able to tolerate carbohydrates better. So it has a cyclical effect here if you engage in resistance training. Increased muscle mass can also have an impact on energy burnt at rest. This is another point that I brought up in that video. But this is much smaller than most of us previously thought. Oftentimes, you may have heard, as I certainly did in the last decade, that muscle burns more than fat. That is true, but it is much smaller at just 13 calories per one kilogram of muscle, which is 2.2 pounds. So if you think 22 pounds of muscle equates to an additional 130 calories per day, that's not that much when you consider how much energy and time goes into burning, or excuse me, building 22 pounds of muscle, an additional 130 calories. That's not nothing, but I don't want you to be led astray. Let's just call it what it is. I'm not here to lie to anyone. I'm not here to coerce anyone. I'm not here to sugarcoat anything. I'm here to give you information and encourage you to make the most informed decision that you possibly can when it comes to what's best for you. So hopefully my goal with outlining everything prior to saying, okay, yes, three to 500 calories a workout. That's great. It's not a thousand. Okay. You thought that building muscle would lead you to being able to eat an additional 500 calories a day? Mm, doesn't seem to be the case as compared to fat, right? Because it's only an extra 13 calories per kg of muscle. Okay, those things might not make you jump over the moon when it comes to, oh, I thought I had to exercise or resistance train in order to get the body I want. Yes, but everything I mentioned previously, hopefully was enough to convince you that Maybe I should seriously consider making resistance training a part of my life forever. 23% reduction in all-cause mortality in those who resistance train two to three times a week. Yes, please. Everyone I love, I want them to be doing this because I want them to stick around and be as healthy as possible for as long as possible. And I also want that for myself. I want my quality of life to be as incredible as possible. Blood pressure, bone density, mobility, coordination, and balance potential impacts on your immune system, chronic inflammation reductions, improving insulin sensitivity, protecting against metabolic deterioration with age, mental health, and then aesthetics. And I'm sure there are many, many more that I missed. So this is not an exhaustive list by any means. And I'm sure more and more data will come out as the medical community is starting to take resistance and strength training more seriously and measuring the health impacts that it has, because there's such an incredible movement by professionals in the field. Hopefully this list will continue to get longer and longer and longer. And next year, I'll be able to report back on even more benefits. But all in all, I hope you really take this in and start to shift your focus on exercise away from just aesthetics. It's fine for that to be part of the equation, but it's not going to give you longevity for the long term 
just in the same way healthy food, if the only reason you're eating nutrient-dense food is to look a certain way, that is going to be all over the place for the rest of your life if that's the only anchor you have is to look a certain way. You deserve to feel well. Your body deserves to be looked after. Your body deserves to be respected. Your brain deserves to be respected. The mental health implications of both eating well and exercising regularly. So soak this in. I will not be telling you what to do, but I will ask that you really take a hard look at this information. See what comes up for you. If you feel any resistance, you might be saying, well, I don't enjoy it. It's okay to not enjoy things that we have to do that are good for us. And that goes against a lot of the popular narratives that we hear these days that if it doesn't feel good, then you shouldn't do it. I don't agree with that. I don't want to eat my vegetables all the time. I don't want to go to bed at a reasonable hour and get as much sleep as possible. I don't want to always turn off my Instagram and my electronics because that's what's best for me when it comes to my mental health. I don't want to brush my teeth every night, but I do because that's what's best for my dental health. There's so many things we have to do as adults that are not always the most enjoyable. They're not enjoyable in the moment, but they are what's best for us long-term. And self-respect, as I teach in FFE, Food Freedom Evolution, is always the anchor that will never lead you astray. So ask yourself when you're considering your exercise and your movement routine, is this truly self-respecting or is this self-indulgent? And there's no right or wrong. You will know the right answer for each season and context in your life, though. I really hope this is helpful. I would love to hear your feedback on what came up for you during this episode. If there's anything you didn't know, anything that surprised you, anything that you're like, nope, I don't agree with that or I don't like that. I'm totally open to hearing that as well. Pop on over to Instagram. Let me know. Shoot me a DM. And as always, you can catch my free trainings. If you want to work on your relationship with food and your body and exercise, go ahead and sign up for the free training, Four Steps to Stop Obsessing About Food. If overeating is what you struggle with in particular, there is a specific masterclass on how to stop overeating. And if you are all set when it comes to your relationship with food and you want to get leaner in a sustainable way that focuses on your relationship with food, You really want to focus on maintaining that positive mindset with food throughout the process. Three steps to getting leaner and how to keep the results is the final training. You can find all of those linked below. So much love to all of you. I will see you next week.